Welcome, friends, to the Friends That Carry On podcast, where we dive deeper in our trips, unpack tips, and everything in between. The one who holds the torch key is your host. Get ready for your ears to go on a trip with your favorite group of friends. Hi, and welcome to the Friends That Carry On podcast. Today is Friday, June 14th, 2019. I'm this week's host, and, and today, the friends that are with us, we have... Jeb Scott, Tony, Eric. So that's uh, Eric Fargo, Tony Price, Jim Scott. And uh, each week we try to explore a topic in travel where we have been or are planning to go, or we're talking with a, a guest or a couple of guests that are, are doing some really cool things. Last week, if you missed it, we've been talking about the friend's trip to Greece, and that was over a two-part series. And we talked about the travels and lots of tips and exciting things to do in Greece and, and the, uh, the islands. So if you missed that, uh, don't hesitate to check us out on friendsthatcarryon.com. Today, we're very excited to have Katie and Adam from Ale Adventures, and their goal is to kind of be the best storytellers and advocates for the Minnesota craft beer scene. So not just in Minnesota, though, they've visited a lot of breweries all across the world, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, North Dakota, a number of European countries, including Iceland, Ireland, England, and France. So now I'd, I'd like to introduce the creators of the popular beer blog, Ale Adventures, Adam and Katie. Welcome to the Friends That Carry On podcast. Well, hi, guys. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Thank you. Yeah, great to have you here. Um, if, you, if you wouldn't mind, maybe just a good time to Kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got you guys got started in uh, doing what you're doing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm originally from Illinois. Katie's from Minnesota. We live in Minnesota, central Minnesota. Married almost two years. It'll be two years next month. And I didn't like craft beer for the longest time. Katie was ahead of me on that. I did like ciders. And so as we would just go out for meals or go out for drinks, and as the craft beer scene started booming here in Minnesota, we... We found ourselves out and taking photos for social media, and then we kind of got this idea, well, got the idea to, to start an account for it. Katie jokes that our parents were giving us a hard time posting okay. photos about beer. Like my mom, my mom, she goes, you're at another brewery, huh? <laughs> so, so I guess to disguise, disguise any rumors or theories that we were alcoholics, we thought, well, hey, let's start a beer blog. That, uh, that gives us a good excuse to be posting photos and talking about it as much as we do. <laughs> That's awesome. How the parents feel about that? To be honest, I think we kind of kept it under wraps for a while. And then as opportunities started coming, as, as we received invites to go to a craft beer festival or, uh, or to start doing some writing for another blog. Or, or, or even just meeting new people mm -hmm. and kind of building relationships with them. I think that they've been really excited for us and supportive, yeah. which is yep. always good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I, I, I was looking at your all's website a little bit earlier today. It looks like currently it says you've been to seven overseas breweries, seven in North Dakota, 24 in Wisconsin, seven in Illinois, and 98 in Minnesota. So that, that when I add up the math, I'm an accountant. So when I add that up, I come up with 150. And my first question is, are you guys sober? <laughs> Believe it or not, yes. We are. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's important to state up front that 
while we enjoy the craft beer scene and we enjoy blogging about it, drinking responsibly is really important to us. Yeah. And we recognize the platform that we have, over 10,000 followers on Instagram and blog and, and Facebook. And we just want people to have a good perception of us. And we want to encourage others to drink responsibly but enjoy themselves as well. Uh, that's yeah. a great message. Thank you for that. Yeah, you bet. Very good. Yeah, like I said, great message. And so uh, I thought maybe I'd start out tonight with, with the, the very first question. <laughs> What's the most awful beer you've had in all of these these breweries <laughs> that you've, you've visited? You must have had some, some bad ones along the way. So I thought maybe that's a good place to start. <laughs> bad beer. Yeah. What's the most awful beer you had? That's a very good question because all the good beers you have do tend to blend together after a while. Yeah. So it's the ones that are really terrible that do stick out. So out of the sake of the lovely Minnesota craft brewery scene or the Midwest, I won't name names, but there was a local brewery that had just opened and I ordered an IPA that tasted like battery acid. Um, I mean, in, in all the newer breweries or breweries that have that open and we visit them, typically we'll either do like a cream ale or an IPA because those are typically harder to screw up yeah. to, you know, to put it coarsely. But in that case, I was, I couldn't even finish it. And usually I'm kind of like clean plate club, clean glass club. I'm like, I paid for it. I'm going to drink it. But I had a couple sips and I'm yeah. like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I would also agree. I think that's the worst one I've ever had, though. I have noticed some, uh, what would they be? Imperials? Oh. Some Imperials that, and Imperial just means like really strong. It's usually barrel aged. But we've had a couple that taste like soy sauce. If oh, I, didn't, right. I didn't know it better, someone had just opened a bottle of soy sauce and poured it into a <laughs> poured it into a crowler or something, and that's what I was drinking. Those ones are hard to finish too. Oh. So Adam, you said uh, this is Jim, by the way. You had mentioned earlier you weren't into the craft scene as much, uh, and Katie kind of brought you there. And in talking about beers you didn't like, usually that means you didn't really have a taste for it. So how did you acquire the taste for it, and, and what was that that turning pointer or what however you would say that what got yeah. you into it katie was on a mission to find a beer that i liked and uh i've got a couple sisters here in the twin cities as well and they uh, at least one of them was on a mission so every time we went out they were just sliding stuff my way here try this try this and the one that did it was a saison from a downtown minneapolis brewery inbound still probably my favorite brewery they just do really fantastic stuff and that saison was just easy drinking. It was a little spicy. It was fruity. And I was like, wow, okay, this is a beer I actually enjoy. So that was kind of my gateway beer and kept looking for saisons whenever we went out. And from there, it really is just a matter of allowing your taste to acclimate and, uh, and try new things. And then it branches out. And at this point, there are very few styles I don't enjoy anymore. Wow, that's cool. It was, wow. Was the saison is that is that in Minnesota or close to where you are? Yes, it was a it was a Minnesota saison from a Minnesota brewery here. Okay, sorry, Katie, you were going to say something there. Oh, I was just telling him he was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> your, your palate is aging. Yeah, I'm yeah, so, absolutely. I'm just so proud. I could. <laughs> She's such a proud so, girl. Hey, Katie, this is uh, Tony. So, what is what is your favorite uh, style? Or beer? 
Oh, that's a really, I keep saying that's a good question, but only because it makes the wheels turn in my brain. It really depends on the season, honestly. Now that it's summer and it's finally warm here in Minnesota, I've really been enjoying sours. Mm. So like even like Berliner Weisses, Gosses, things like that. But anything that's got a little bit of fruit and a little bit of sour to it, I am more interested to try for sure. Mm. This is Eric. I would venture to say that you're like you did say your palates are growing. They're probably growing apart, too. And you're realizing how different they really are. Right. Or wrong. I might be wrong. From from or from uh, explain that a little more. Well, your palate, as far as uh, you know, you didn't even you said you like more of a you're more of a of a cider guy. Right. You prefer cider over beer? I'm asking. You did, yeah. You did? did, yeah. Did. Yeah, at this point, at this point, I definitely prefer beer, though. That has okay. changed. Okay. Yeah, like I said, your palate's changed. And she said, like she said, you're growing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About time. I have another question. This is Eric again. Have you tried any meads oh, that no. you like? I really want to. It's on my list of things I want to try. I would recommend it. It's hard to explain. It can be very cider-like and even wine-like, depending upon who makes it. But, okay. uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, we'll Just keep an eye out for that. I don't know anyone in Minnesota who's brewing mead, actually. Yeah, it's uh, hard to find. It really is hard to find. Uh, we're lucky because I have a friend who has an apiary, and he makes his own mead. So I've only uh, tasted it through his uh, – I've had other meads, but only his particular mead. So Very good. Well, what um, – out of – you guys have been to – you know, so many breweries. We think that maybe between the four of us here, we, we might have visited maybe as many as you guys. We're not sure, but <laughs> what's your favorite one? Do you have a favorite or, or a favorite but, uh, that each of you have been to? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Again, I, I mentioned inbound brewing where I had that Saison that kind of changed my life. And uh, <laughs> they've just had a really fun, they've had a fun tap room. It's big, it's open, it's spacious, lots of natural lighting friendly staff dog friendly yeah right by so it's in the they call it the north loop of minneapolis but it's right near the twins baseball stadium so it's just a really cool area too so great location and then uh and then they just continue to do really good beers they've been doing some some pastry style beers lately which are essentially it's just like a dessert style it's usually very fruity inspired by like key lime pie or is it a berry something recently too so i think they're one of my favorites and then there's another local place called hayes public house they were one of the very first ones we visited once we started this beer blog and it's inspired by the pubs of ireland and so it's just very authentic they've got irish flags and and soccer paraphernalia hanging from hanging from the ceilings and they've got a whole wall of instruments and and just very like old antique furniture and they don't have any TVs or even bar stools just because they want to promote community. And, and once you get in there, they just want people talking with each other and not distracted. And they brew really great beer, usually very dark malty beers, which, which I enjoy. So those are a couple of my favorites. I'll let Katie jump in. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I love about that is that, that it's a combination of the flavors of the beers and the atmosphere. And so I'm, I'm curious about if, if you have a sense of how much the atmosphere plays a part in whether or not the, the flavor of beer that they're brewing there 
might be more memorable or is it the flavor or is it the atmosphere or a combination of both? That's something that we've talked about quite a bit in the past several months. If we go to a brewery, what's going to stick out to us the most, honestly, is the atmosphere first. We walk in the door, take a look around, notice the aesthetics, the natural light, the people, the activity. That's usually the first thing we notice. And then, you know, when we do sit down or order a beer, you know, the interactions we have with the staff and everything that kind of goes from there. For me, if I have a really crummy experience in the tap room, even if the beer's good, I'm not going to go back just because I'm like, you know, if I really like the beer, I can buy it from a liquor store perhaps, but mm. the tap room isn't, isn't enjoyable. And we're so lucky in Minnesota to have so many breweries to choose from that I'll just go someplace else where it is more comfortable and it is more enjoyable. So I think both of us, the atmosphere is incredibly important regardless if the beer is the best we've ever had or not. Yeah. So when you, when you talk about the, you know, inbound brewing or Hayes public house, the atmosphere might be the first thing that draws you to it, but they, they also have a good beer that you like with, you know, good flavors. And that's kind of what brings you back there. Absolutely. It's kind of like the cherry on top, which is funny, you know, as, as beer bloggers, everyone's taste is subjective to start with. And you'd think that, People go to a brewery for the beer. That's that's why you're there. But the taproom experience as a whole really plays a, an important part. I, I think we we think the two biggest factors in in a good brewery experience is the taproom and then the beer. We think of one brewery in Minneapolis, very well known. They make incredible beer, but the taproom experience is really poor. The people there are a little stuck up and pretentious, and the taproom is always packed. And so when we go. It's only because we know they've brewed something we really want to try. We'll go have one drink and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> Truly there for the beer. What, what's your best example of that? Of having a beer and then leaving? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of going there for one beer, finding it, and then saying, okay, well, this is a great beer. I'm going to you know, maybe go try something else. <laughs> I mean, it really would be the, the brewery Adam's alluding to. Again, it it is... I don't know if we should say the name of it. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, you don't have to say that. That's all right. Just I'm cool sorry. Place to hang out. Huh? Didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Well, that's a good question. It's fair. And, you know, it's it's a really popular brewery. They're going to be around even after the apocalypse. Like, there will be shared cockroaches <laughs> in this brewery because they're brewing awesome beer and people love it. But um, I think that the brewery Adam mentioned in Minneapolis is the pinnacle of that. I wouldn't say that I've chugged a beer to leave sooner because I don't like being in a crowded space, but I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to lie either, but it's, you know, we'll still go. They're brewing great beer, but yeah, the atmosphere can be a bit stressful too. So no beer bongs for you. <laughs> Ew. Nope. Adam's done a beer bong before. No, I haven't. Oh, you've never done one. No, there are some things I don't need to try in this life. With Estonia again, I had a quick question. So I know you guys have been around a few states. Um, two of my favorite cities, I actually haven't done much in, in Minne the Minneapolis area, but Chicago and Seattle are two of my favorite for some, some craft brews. Have you guys been to Seattle or, or Chicago? Chicago, yes. We were there just, what, a month and a half? In April. In, two months ago in April. Uh, Seattle, not yet, but it's definitely on our list. We heard really good things. Yeah, the um, I would I would say this. There's a couple of companies out there that do really really good tours, and 
we'll actually put one up on our on our website, but I'll shoot that to you if you guys ever go out. They do yeah. a really, really good job and they they take you around to about three to five different breweries and it's really cool. You can see a lot of good stuff with it. Well, that, awesome. that, I would that, love that. That's a good question. Have you I mean with all the breweries you guys have been to, do you ever sign up for any sort of a tour where you where you hit three or four within a city or are you just going out and kind of hitting them one by one? We haven't signed up with like anyone that does the beer tours. We've actually had an invite recently to go up and do that in Duluth, Minnesota. We hope to hope to fit that in sometime this year, but we kind of are our own tour guides. We just love we love travel. We love adventure of discovering someplace new and kind of creating our own path. This last weekend, we went down to the suburbs of the Twin Cities and hit four breweries in one afternoon and we just kind of made our own map to get out there and we took our dog with us, so we had to make sure each brewery had, had, had was dog friendly or had a patio, and uh, it was just a great trip. I'm sorry, this is Eric. Have you been to the East Coast and toured any breweries over in in this area? No, we've not. We unfortunately, would love we'd love to. to. Now, just to give just real quick overview, the Northeast is really spectacular for microbrews. Maine, to be exact, Portland, Maine, in that area, I bet there's a hundred just in that city. Yeah. Microbrews. Maybe even more. Vermont is very high on my list for microbrews. They have a lot of them. So if you ever get over to the East Coast, check those states out. And you probably won't go wrong by finding a microbrew in any of those areas. I was in Portland, Maine and discovered Allagash Brewing. Have you ever heard of Allagash? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we follow them. They've had a huge... Right. I follow them on Instagram. Matter of fact, I visited their brewery in Portland, Maine and started following them on Instagram. They have a wonderful Instagram platform. They do. Allagash. Yes. So what do you guys know about Allagash? Uh, I don't know that we know much more than what we see on social media. We see their cans a lot, uh, yeah. on, mostly on social media. I don't think we see anything out here in Minnesota. No. You won't see it out that far west. Probably don't distribute out this far. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, my guess would be they're probably the equivalent of like Minnesota's Surly or Summit, who are kind of the two grandparents of Minnesota craft beer. Mm-hmm. It looks like you've gone been to 98 breweries in Minnesota. Are most of those around the Minneapolis area or is it spread out throughout the state? It's certainly spread out throughout the state. There are definitely, the, the hub is the Minneapolis-St. Paul area near where we live. But what's neat is that there are a lot of smaller communities. And I shouldn't just say smaller communities, but towns are seeing the draw that it has and the community it brings together. And more and more are popping up. So we've done our fair share of you know, making pit stops on the way up to maybe see my parents or see Adam's parents in Illinois, or if we're meeting up with someone in St. Cloud or something, we'll make a point to stop at a brewery that might be along the way. I don't know. I just feel really lucky to live here because there are so many new ones to try because there's always a new one popping up. Nice. Tony mentioned Chicago earlier. I couldn't help but notice for both Milwaukee and Chicago, you had F Chicago and F Milwaukee. What is the F? Uh, <laughs> EFF. But uh, what, uh, what is that about? In, what's that mean? Uh, Adam, why don't yeah. you answer well, that? Well, I, so that's a really great question, actually. I appreciate you looking at our content. So we did uh, Chicago and Milwaukee over Easter. It was our first time in both cities. 
afterwards, we, we wanted to kind of recap our time, and we're looking for a creative way to do that. Yeah, we could list every brewery we went to, or we could list our top five favorites, but it just it feels cliche. We've done that before. That's what every other beer blogger does. So it occurred to me, well, what if we did F Chicago? And I don't swear, but you know, F as in the swear word, uh, F Chicago, but we turned it into EFF. And then that led to our three, oh, what was it? Our, the first brewery we visited, favorite, our favorite and funkiest. and funkiest, each of those starts with the letter F. So a little, I don't know if you call that alliteration, but a little play with words there. Gotcha. That's nice. So it's not that we were like, oh, these cities are terrible. <laughs> hey, I think that's important to clarify. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. I like, I like the, the alliteration with that. Favorite and funkiest. I like yeah. that. Not yeah. to, this is Eric, but not to change the subject, but since we are travelers and you all are like to travel, we would highly recommend, if you haven't already been, to get to Oktoberfest. Speaking oh, of beer. Like- the proper one out in Germany? Yes, in Munich. We've all four of three of us in the room have been. Oh, and we no. highly recommend that you go if you like beer. Yeah, we'll oh, have to put that on our bucket list. Put it on your list. And when you need to go, you contact us and we'll tell you how to go and how to get there and what you need to do and what not to do. Oh, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, you bet. Awesome. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of Big Timber Brewery? I no. Have not. So, no. Unfortunately, our area has is, is got a lot of boutique wineries vineyards but not a, a lot of craft brews they're starting to pick up but it's just not as prevalent but west virginia does have one really 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 good one it's called big timber their ipa is is Top really off really, yeah yeah if you ever get a chance check it out yeah we'll have to big timber in west virginia yeah yeah all right hey katie it it sounds like you you started well before or at least before Adam in this how did you <laughs> typically you know I'm, I'm not trying to be chauvinistic or anything but typically you don't you don't uh, think of the female as the person that might enjoy a beer more so than the male and I'm just curious about how you got started in that what kind of inspired you what what did you like about it I wasn't uh, this is gonna sound so lame I wasn't the type of young person to drink and party before I was of age. So right before my 21st birthday, I took a class trip to Italy where I sampled wine and champagne for the first time and thought that was really, parts of it were gross because I'm like, this tastes like cough syrup, gross. And then you have the sweeter stuff and realized, oh, alcohol isn't all, you know, terrible tasting. This is, this is kind of fun to try new things. And, you know, as I went to NDSU and, and hung out with people and what, go out here and there. I just ended up trying the lighter beers. Of course, you know, Miller and Coors, which, you know, is such like a (laughs) hush thing you don't talk about, like the craft beer world that you... (laughs) (laughs) Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Hashtag dilly dilly. But as, you know, as I kept enjoying those beers, I ended up trying like Blue Moon and lift bridges farm girl saison and thought oh these beers are actually very delicious and super refreshing on a hot day so mm-hmm. i would definitely correlate my enjoyment of craft beer from those two and has just kind of blossomed from there i've always been very open to trying new foods and new drinks too so it 
just kind of came with time and now I drink everything from Imperial Stouts, IPAs to sours to what have you. So whatever they put in front of you, right? Potentially, unless it's that crummy IPA I was talking about. <laughs> so then, so then, how did uh, you and Adam meet? You know, not to get too personal, but you know, how did you guys meet and kind of decide that you know this was kind of a fun thing to do together? Well, we met. We met actually online. Uh, da, 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 like three years ago. Yeah, three-ish years ago, over Christian Mingle, Adam's mother and sisters threatened to either he, he needs to set up an account to find a wife, or he needs or they were or they were going to go for you. <laughs> <laughs> so he was more resistant, and I was at a point in my life where I'm like, well, I'm not getting any younger people, so I. <laughs> I was on several different platforms within, I was living in Minneapolis at the time and nothing of any type of potential came of that. And um, <laughs> on my profile, I had a photo with my best friend, Amy, who funny enough went to the same college Adam went to. Adam saw that photo reached out and we kind of started talking from there. Want to pick it up? Later? Yeah, yeah. I was living in Oklahoma at the time. So once we started talking, we uh, started dating. We dated long distance for six months. I moved up to the Twin Cities. And yeah, so again, we, we got married. It'll be two years ago uh, next month in July. That's how the beer blog kicked off and, and why we've been doing it together. And to be honest, it's been good for our marriage. Right? It's, uh, beer's always good for marriage. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> or, 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 or is it? <laughs> so, so when did the kind of the, the beer blog and the, the uh, tasting of beers, did that come? Was that before you guys met or was it after you met? And, and you know, what was the timing of that? Yeah, it's another good question. Um, so I was certainly um, enjoying craft beer, and then Adam, again, Adam had mentioned when he and I met that he wasn't, his taste for craft beer wasn't quite there yet, and then maybe two to three months before we got married, he sampled that beer from Inbound, and that kind of awakened his taste buds in a way. So after we got married, we were living in northeast Minneapolis at the time, which has a ton of huge breweries like Indeed Brewing, Dangerous Man, a lot of other really big names for our state. And we were so darn close that we really took advantage of that. And Adam was able to try a lot of different ones. So it, I think it was also in that time that we were living there that we were visiting more, obviously, and really enjoying the the quality time we had together, but also the variety of beers we were able to try within our area. So that was I don't know. So kind of we shared an appreciation for craft beer shortly before we got married. And then just a couple months after we got married, I accepted a new job in St. Cloud, Minnesota, which is outside of the, the Twin Cities. And we had to move. And because we moved, Katie had to leave the job she was at. Um, she couldn't continue working there just because of distance sake. And so with all of her downtime, which was a pretty tough time, I suggested, hey, we've, we've already got this shared appreciation for craft beer. We've been taking photos. What if we started an actual blog? Let's have a website. Let's kind of create our, a brand and a name for ourselves. Why don't you start that? And so Katie did. She did eventually get a job, which was really good. But for the month or two that she wasn't working, she kind of invested herself into creating our brand, Ale Adventures, and started the website. And, uh, and that's what we started doing. We kind of had a purpose then 
to visiting breweries and trying beer and, and telling stories along the way. That's really cool. The, uh, one of the questions are from a travel perspective, at least your European travels, were, were any of those trips around beer or is it, hey, I found we're going to, to Ireland and then find some breweries? How did you guys kind of go about planning your, your visits to those, the, the foreign breweries? Yeah, yeah, another good question. We did, we did the trip just because we, we wanted to travel. It was sort of a belated like honeymoon trip for us about a year, year and a half after we got married. So we, we booked the flights, we, we picked our locations and all of that without craft beer in mind, simply hoping that we might find breweries along the way, which is exactly how it turned out then. We did manage to find and, and visit some breweries in each country, which just kind of, again, the cherry on the top analogy, just kind of really sweetened it and made it sort of a, a rewarding trip for us. For us, our first destination in that four-country excursion was Iceland, which was a wonderful place to visit, just unlike any other place we'd been to. But it did feel a little bit isolated. We were staying in Vik, a southern town of the country, and there's just not a lot of people, not a lot of restaurants, and it was just foreign to us, of course, a foreign country. And so our last night, we were in Reykjavik, and we were trying to find a craft brewery because we're like, oh, we got we to gotta fit one in, one or two. And when we finally got to that brewery, it was called RBK Brewing, it felt like home. It like felt that like was home. the first time. <laughs> and then, what was the name of it again? RVK. RVK, RBK. short for Reykjavik. Yeah. Rock short for, yeah, this, the, RBK, yeah. And it sounds it sounds so silly and almost sounds like, oh, we found great craft beer. Finally, we can relax. But like, honestly, for us, the, the, going to a tap room, it's such a meaningful thing for us. And, and again, for our marriage. So to be able to get there and sit down and we actually were able to chat with the owner. He took us back into the brewery, had us try all these different beers. And it was just really special. Yeah. So that that just came into my mind. Now it's weird. Yeah. Going back in time. Uh, awesome. So that's really cool. So what have you guys noticed any big differences between the, the international beers and, and the ones you've had in Minnesota or locally? Not in my opinion. Yeah, or anything that's, you know, that you like better or worse, or are they just a little bit different? I'm just curious if you, if you noticed any major differences. I think Iceland's beer probably sticks out the most because their water is so pure and so different than what mm -hmm. we have in the States. Uh, and in Minnesota as well, that's, I don't know, that's what sticks out to me. I don't yeah, know. I don't know that I noticed a big difference. I would say when we were in Iceland, we did find a restaurant that was serving craft beer, and they had an Icelandic beer on their tap list. And so we ordered it, and it was fantastic. Again, I don't know what made it Icelandic. In fact, when we visited RVK Brewing later, I said, so we just had this Icelandic beer. What does that mean? What made it Icelandic? And he sort of pauses and looks and he goes, you know, I don't know. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Maybe uh, just the fact that it was brewed in Iceland. <laughs> to be honest, that may be all it was, but it was just so crisp, so clean. It was, it was yeah. just delicious. I mean, I don't remember what it tastes like. I just remember the experience and being in awe of it. So with the exception of that, I don't know that I would say we noticed any difference. Because honestly, so much of the American craft beer scene is inspired by traditional European styles. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you start, you know, your sours and your West Coast, East Coast IPAs are obviously going to be an American thing. But 
I don't know that I noticed any differences outside of those. Mm -hmm. Same. This is Eric again. Since we're travelers, we have several cities that you all should hit that you'd like as far as good beer cities. Dublin's definitely one of them. I think Amsterdam's a great beer town. If you ever get a chance to get to Amsterdam, drink all the beer in Amsterdam you can drink, especially the cold Heineken. I don't know. The Heineken over here is, I don't mind it. But in Amsterdam, for some reason, it's it's extremely cold. They serve it out of frozen taps, and it's really it's it's some of the best beer I've ever really enjoyed. No kidding, in Amsterdam. So if you ever get to Amsterdam, make sure you uh, try the beer there. And Prague, yeah, Prague's yeah, another city. Yeah, Prague. The, yeah. the two cities that I would actually just recommend, or I should say, two cities, but two areas. Prague for sure, but a, a, an area that a lot of people don't hit in Germany. Most people think of Munich, you know, in southern Germany. But Brian and I both were in uh, Dusseldorf and Cologne yeah. up north. Yeah. And both of those areas, they're funny. They're kind of like twin cities also. <laughs> okay. And they will argue and argue and argue about which one has the best beer. <laughs> it, it is it's hilarious. I mean, if you go to one city or the other, they will talk smack constantly <laughs> and it makes for a good atmosphere but it, it oh, they, sure. they're both good beers and they're very distinct forget which one one's a top per minute type of beer and the other one's yeah. not but it's uh but it is they're fun cities to visit so again from just a recommendation standpoint if you guys ever get a chance yeah for sure i like the little beer story that we tell from um from Prague. they would appreciate this story about the vats in the back and and them filling it every day yeah. Right. Well, so it's, it's a little bit different system. Yeah. I mean, we, we noticed we were really enjoying the beer. It was, it was just clean and fresh and, and just had a great flavor. But we also kind of noticed after being there a couple of days, we weren't getting hangovers. We're like, nice. okay. So no, we were drinking a lot of beer. <laughs> we were drinking a bit of beer. And we were on a food tour and it was, which was also awesome. If you get a chance, we're going through and, and each of these little bars, just like, like a lot of craft breweries, you have the, the stills is not the right thing, but the vats for, for the, for the beer there. So we just assumed they were brewing their own beer and we got talking to the food guy and he's like, you see that date on there? And then they handwrite a date. And if you can picture, and you all probably got a lot of natural gas and oil up there that at, at homes that heat homes where the trucks come along, take the hoses and fill up the tanks of oil and all. Well, that's what they do with the beer. They brew it fresh. They have it on a truck and they come and take the hose and refill the vats every day. And it, it, there's no preservatives it's or anything fresh. in there. So it's always fresh, no more than two or three days old. And there's just no preservatives in it. So that's why we were not getting any of the impurities or, or getting the hangovers as well. So it's incredible, oh, oh. Uh, good tasting and, and fresh. To, Unfil- uh, a lot of it was unfiltered. Yeah. Sure. A lot of it was unfiltered yeah. beer. Yeah. Which I, I prefer. I like that. That's my particular yeah. palate. I love unfiltered beer. Mm, yeah. Nice. So we've been giving you some of our opinions here, guys. You know, our experiences. Have you guys had any good feedback from some of your followers? You guys have quite a few followers, which is awesome. Any good feedback from them that have kind of opened your eyes to anything in the industry that, that you weren't aware of before? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I think... One of the biggest compliments we've been given is that obviously that what we're doing is unique, but that people, our, our followers feel that they are getting to know us. And that to us is what, what we want. We want to build community 
And through that, being vulnerable and open and sharing about our lives in each of our photos, because to us as individuals, when we're scrolling through Instagram, like on our personal accounts, that's what pulls both of us into into a, someone who's posting is they're saying, hey, I took this trip and let me tell you about this old man I met and it was hilarious or, hey, I just got this new dog or, hey, you know, when you can have that personal connection, I think that's been something that we've really enjoyed and it's been cool to hear that that sets us apart because there's a lot of people doing what we're doing, which is great. I don't want to make it sound like it's a competition. But it- well, you sound like the perfect customer for our podcast. <laughs> What can I say? <laughs> you walked into that one. <laughs> I can't help myself. This is Brian, and I, I probably, you know, started drinking a bit too early, maybe 17 years old or so, which is, you know, most people would agree that that's probably too early. And I hated it. Didn't like the taste of it, but I did it because Everyone else. all of my friends in this room peer pressured me into it, <laughs> as, as good friends would do. Beer pressure. Um, so, but the question is, is, you know, as you're, you're tasting beer, sometimes, you know, you might have a beer, you, you acquire a taste for it over a period of time. So you might taste it the first time and say, I'm not really a big fan of this, but after maybe a few sips or maybe a, a beer or two of it, you start to acquire a bit of a taste of it. Have you had any experiences like that where at, at first you thought, maybe I don't like this and, and well, maybe, maybe this is something I do kind of like. Yeah, absolutely. For the longest time, I did not and still don't like IPAs. I know that's that's just it's everyone loves IPAs. I'm with you. I don't. I okay. Eric, I don't yeah. like an IPA. I do. Tony <laughs> likes one. Jim and Eric don't like them. Okay. All right. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. So funny enough, after I found that I appreciated craft beer, it started with the saison. I transitioned to dark beers like stouts and porters. Yeah. I found that I, I preferred malty beers over hoppy beers, and that's still mostly the case. But recently, I have found that, you know, they're, they're exploring what you can do with IPAs, and double dry hopped has kind of become a really popular trend. Well, double IPA, which simply means they're doubling the strength of it, and double dry hopped means they're putting in twice or even three times as many hops. And believe uh-huh. it or not, it doesn't taste hoppier. It almost makes it more mellow or mild. Really? Yeah, and I've been, I still don't like IPAs, but I love double dry hopped IPAs. Wow, right that's interesting. Uh, I'll have to try that because I have a similar palate. I don't like hoppy like beer either. Any okay. particular any particular brand that, that we could say and then bleep out later? <laughs> and again, I, I don't know what you guys would have access to, but one of our most local breweries here for us is Lupulin. They're award-winning across the country. They are doing, they have been doing some of the best IPAs and double dry hopped IPAs for several years now. They have, I think just their basic one is called Hooey, like the exclamation, ah, Hooey. They also have one called Straight Hash Homie, which I think is inspired by weed. You said, like, not cool. Oh, by the marijuana? So they've just got a, a variety of these double dry hops IPAs that are fantastic. So I don't know if you would find Lupulin near you guys. They just expanded into North Dakota. They just announced a couple weeks ago South that Dakota. oh South Dakota actually. They just purchased a dying tap room over in South Dakota and now will be available over there. But if you happen to catch them at like a, a craft beer festival or anything, definitely give them a try. 
Okay. I, I one you might want to try. I don't know if you guys do. You have any of the Oscar Blues? No, I haven't heard of them. They have one. Honestly, I am drinking it right now. It's a tropical IPA. Oh, it's interesting. It has a bit of a citrus undertone to it, which is unusual for an IPA. Does it work? It's good. Mm-hmm. You can have a sip later. Okay. But yeah, uh, one of our buddies turned you onto know, it. He they found it in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, of all places, and he bought a bunch of it because he didn't know they had it here. And we found out we have it here, but. Oh. Uh, do, do they do a lot of unique stuff too? They're starting to grow a little bit, probably too big for their britches, but it's a good. They have a lot of good brews as well. So, but that might be one from an IPA standpoint that might you might like. Sure, absolutely. Katie, any uh, beer transitions, taste buds for you? I don't think so. I feel like I kind of covered that. Oh. Mostly, I, I guess what I could add to that. My appreciation for stouts and darker beers, mm-hmm. I would say, started a few years ago, especially in the dark, or not the darker, it's dark in the winter. I was going to say in the colder months, colder, darker months, where just something that's a little spicier, a little richer, just really hit the spot. So that's what I would add, I think. This is Jim. You both mentioned darks and, and, and uh, so forth, and, and you've been to Ireland, and you mentioned Irish bars, or, or an Irish bar earlier. Have you been to the Guinness Brewery and have you had Guinness in the States and Guinness over there? And did you notice the difference? Mm. Well, we made the mistake of visiting the Jameson Distillery. <laughs> That's not a mistake. That's not a mistake. <laughs> it's you not did the same thing I did, but go ahead. Building up the story here. <laughs> so we absolutely love the tour. It was one of the coolest tours we've ever been on just from a, a tourist standpoint, not even about the drinks, but just about the production value that they put out. Yeah. So we were really looking forward to Guinness after that, hearing such great things. And we were sort of underwhelmed after visiting Jameson, like, oh, okay, this isn't quite as personable and X, Y, Z. And to us, and from a scientific standpoint, uh, Guinness is very much kind of a nitro mouthfeel. And we don't enjoy beers that are on nitro. Yeah, we don't. So we, we enjoyed a Guinness. We had a Guinness. We had a good point. We had a Guinness. We could say we did it, but it's just not either of our cup of teas. So I can't. We don't even necessarily have anything to compare it to in the states, just because it's not our go-to as far as yeah. beers, which is a bummer because it's such a classic. But we just can't do it. <laughs> no, that, that's totally understandable, and it, it's it's funny in the states. I, I really have trouble drinking. I've had one or yes. two here and there, but it's tough. But in in Ireland, it, it, it's like very that. silky and smooth, and, and they go down very nicely. So uh, sure. there is a difference. I'm not sure the, the scientific difference between the states and here, but there is, there is a difference. Huh. You said you were on the, the Jameson tour. Do you remember which one you did? Did you do the one in Middleton or the one in Dublin? Dublin. Dublin. Yeah. The yeah. one I went through was the one in Middleton. Oh, nice. And that, was, that was the original. Was that the original, or that's what they moved out to? That's what they moved out to. They actually don't brew any beer in Dublin. They don't brew beer. Or, I'm sorry. They don't, they don't distill. I was, I'm, I'm stuck on beer. They don't distill anything at the Dublin. They don't produce anything there. It's all produced That's in Middleton. Okay. All their production comes out of Middleton. Sure. And it was a great – It was. you're right. It was really good. And I definitely walked out of there with a big smile on my face for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we loved it. I have an end question for you guys. I mean, you guys have – Honestly, only been doing this for what two years? Uh, and, yeah, two years in November. 
Yeah. So the, I mean, the, the amount of people, your followers and things like that, you guys have done a phenomenal job. I mean, what do you think was the, the reason or how did you guys go about getting what, 10,000 or so followers? We're trying to grow. So we're trying to learn from you guys. A combination of strategies and resources for us. We learned that really being intentional and engaging with your followers is valuable, building that relationship. So if you comment on someone's photo, they'll be more likely to do the same for you, as well as liking content, as well as just kind of looking through people we're following, going through their followers, Mm -hmm. and just engaging with people that way. It's maybe people we don't know, maybe people in a foreign country, but that's the beautiful thing about the internet, you know, con- connecting and networking with people all over the world. Adam, do you want to talk about Jumper briefly? Yeah. To be entirely candid, we did use a, a service, Jumper Media. They reached out to us. We didn't even know about them, and we weren't considering them at the time. But they've got algorithms, and, and they specialize in Instagram and building your followers authentically. And so we've worked with them twice now. They cost money. They weren't cheap. But the reason we did it, and we kind of did it at a time when buying your followers was really taboo. You didn't do that. And if you did, people looked down on you for it. But we really felt convinced that we had a good product. We have created a brand. We've created a name for ourselves. I'm a photographer. And so our our photos, the quality of our photos, hopefully sets us apart from anyone just kind of taking candid photos on a phone. Which, to be fair, can turn out really good. Too. Which can be good photos, too. Yeah, yeah. So we just believed in what we were doing, and we didn't feel like, despite all the work we were putting in, and it was a lot of work. I mean, it's like a part-time job on top of your full-time job. We just felt like more people deserved to see what we were doing, and we wanted to continue telling our stories to a broader audience. So all that to say, between a lot of hard work between the two of us to initially get started... We did work with Jumper Media twice, and they, they helped get us to the 10,000 mark. And that's, that was our goal from here on out. I think we'll just continue doing things organically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds great. Yeah, because once they get so big, they kind of grow themselves, I understand. Yeah. 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 Yep. Adam or, or Katie, would you say that, uh, or are you getting some breweries calling you to come and, and visit them to write about their brewery or uh a brew house or tap room or whatever the case might be. Yes, that is the case, which is really exciting. In the last maybe nine months or so, we've started. Is that, would you say that? Nine months? Nine months, yeah. We've had people reach out, mostly through Instagram, sometimes email, just to reach out. Either it's a brewery we visited before saying, hey guys, we have this new beer coming out. We'd love to have you try it. Or, you know, saying, we really like what you're doing. We're going to be opening in the next two months. We'd love it if you stop by. There sometimes are incentives, sometimes are not, which is always a nice bonus, but it's just been really fun to to take some of the work off our shoulders and and um, get to network in a different way. So, yeah. yeah. The fun part of networking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So a question for you guys, as far as future travels, do you have anything coming up or someplace that you would like to visit soon? Or a bucket list yeah, type for, thing? Just for things coming up? Unfortunately, we don't have anything planned right now, only because we're figuring out life and how to be adults. And Katie just accepted a new job uh, three weeks ago. It's a contract job. We had started looking at homes, purchasing a home. 
leading up to that. So we're just kind of in transition right now and trying to be smart with our finances. That said, we've definitely had the travel bug for, for a while now. We'd love to, well, we've, we've considered a few different things. We're, we've considered going out to the West Coast, maybe in the fall. We've had a couple of contacts out in Oregon, Portland, or uh, like the Seattle, Washington mm. area, or, or even the East Coast. We've heard really good things about various cities on the East Coast. And then if it were feasible, we'd love to go back to Iceland for their craft beer festival in February. Wow, um, that would be nice. Want to put that on our list. Yeah, right. That's, that's, I'm writing it down. Right. <laughs> well, I, I will. I will throw out to you if you guys ever uh, decide to hit the Washington D.C. area, make sure to let us know because we could definitely show you a handful. We don't have 170 like <laughs> it's probably around you, but well, so so we're we're West Virginia, but we're on the very eastern tip. We're about an hour from Washington D.C. Oh, and, yeah. So so we have. Quite a, a selection of you know wineries, breweries, uh, really you and know distilleries some, too. Uh, yeah, distilleries. Time. So some nice selections to try out. So if you're ever out this direction, we'd love to host you in and uh, you know maybe let you try a few of these East Coast brews. Yeah, we would love that. We'll definitely stay in touch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It looks like we're about out of time. Adam, uh, Katie, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us how our listeners can find you. Ale Adventures MN for Minnesota. We go by Ale Adventures, but on social media, uh, the Ale Adventures MN on Instagram and Facebook, and then aleadventuresmn.com would be our blog and website. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much. Uh, it was really great talking to you guys. Thanks for listening to Friends That Carry On. Our next episode, we're, I, I'm not sure that we have exactly what we're going to talk about yet, but we have a lot of things on the list. So, so make sure you join us. Uh, you can find us at Friends That Carry On or search for us on uh, Facebook or Instagram. And uh, be sure to check out our contests on uh, Instagram that we're always doing. And uh, anything else, gang, you'd like to add before we sign off for the night? Our affiliate, forgot to, to mention our affiliate for tonight was Skyscanner. Skyscanner which uh, obviously at the moment there, everybody could tell that escaped my memory, but uh, <laughs> these guys have had some great experiences with Skyscanner. And so be sure to check them out and uh, use them when you're trying to check out your, your uh, travel arrangements. Uh, they have some really great options and flight options. Uh, so be sure to do that. And thanks again, everybody for joining us. And we will talk to you next time at uh, Friends That Carry On. Be sure to join the friends next week with another great podcast. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also find the friends and other content on www.friendsthatcarryon.com or check us out on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook by searching Friends That Carry On. Thanks again for joining us. And don't forget to carry on, friends.